Welcome to the Pooch Parenting Podcast, a podcast for parents with dogs. I'm Michelle Stern, a certified professional dog trainer, mom, and former teacher. Living with kids and dogs at the same time can feel like a circus. I know because I lived it too. Join us as we interview a variety of experts and parents to discuss topics that will make parenting with dogs easier, safer, and less chaotic. Also, you can love living with your dog again. I'll always keep it real, which might even mean that you hear the messiness of life in the background on occasion, but at least you know you're not alone. In today's episode, we're going to talk about something a little bit different today, and that is the topic of whether or not dog training can save your marriage. Now, I know that this is a Parenting Kids and Dogs podcast, but in my experience working with families who have kids and dogs, I often see couples that are struggling because the dog has added a lot of tension to their relationship and to the entire family dynamic. It can really help to bring in a dog professional who can come in and counsel the family on how to help the dog without getting so involved in the marital or relationship dynamics in terms of settling arguments and things of that nature. I've literally had couples say to me, solve this argument for me because I know that I'm right and he is wrong or vice versa. And I tell them that I'm not a marriage counselor, but I'm a dog behavior counselor. And so my focus, of course, is going to be to try to support the family through the lens of what's best for the dog and what's best for the entire family. So for example, if a child in the home feels unsafe, or if one of the adult humans feels unsafe around the dog, then we need to talk about whether or not that dog should be living with the family. Because no matter what, the human's needs have to come first. Now, sometimes this can be really, really difficult and very emotionally charged because there's a lot of emotion that comes with dog ownership. So in some cases, one adult will bring a dog into a relationship with a new human partner And so the human may feel a little more loyalty towards the dog that's been a part of their life for a really long time. That's one example that I see a lot. Sometimes a dog will help one adult through years and years of emotional strain. And so that person really sees that dog as an emotional support animal, not officially, but just emotionally. And then when they get married or have children, the dog may not fit in well with that new dynamic, and that can cause a lot of strain and stress. There are other examples in which a dog can bring stress to a marriage, such as when one spouse doesn't want a dog and the other spouse brings one home anyway. Believe it or not, this happens quite a lot. Or sometimes an adult partner says, I'd really like an adult dog, because then we know what we're getting, and yet the other partner says, oh, but look at this puppy, it's so cute, and they bring home a puppy despite the wishes of their partner. So all of these things can cause stress, they can cause strain, they can lead to arguments, resentment, and passive-aggressive behavior. But in this particular podcast, I do want to share a story about one of my clients. She was 
a client first, then she became a member of the Pooch Parenting Society because she really needed a lot of ongoing support. She brought home a cattle dog puppy and they didn't really have any experience with the breed, so they weren't entirely sure of what to expect from this working breed dog. They had a very active five-year-old son. They had a teenage child as well. And the husband in this situation had a very different parenting philosophy than the wife did. So the wife wanted to parent her children and her dog through more gentle strategies, but the husband um, was more than willing to raise his hand to either the child or the dog as a form of reprimand. So there were some parenting philosophy issues that were um, at play here where they were struggling to be on the same page. But this puppy turned out to be a really difficult dog. As you may or may not know, cattle dogs are bred to move cows and cows are hard to move. And so cattle dogs use a lot of pressure Oftentimes they bite really hard at cows' ankles and heels to get them to move from one place to another. It's a lot harder to move a cow than it is to move a sheep. So sheep dogs, such as border collies, tend to move animals around by simply moving behind them and, and sort of chasing them, and those animals will flee. But cattle dogs have to work a lot harder at getting the cows to move, and they often have to use teeth. Now, when you have a cattle dog puppy who is doing what nature has intended and what the dog was bred for for hundreds of years, and you have a very active five-year-old who can also be a little bit defiant and doesn't always want to move when the dog asks it to, then the dog is likely to use its teeth on the child. Now, in this particular case, my client was really struggling because the dog was nipping at her son and the husband had zero tolerance for teeth on skin for his child. And I can totally understand where he comes from, but he was unable to see through the lens of who this dog is and what this dog was meant to do. And he also had some trouble using some of the management strategies that we put into place to prevent this dog, Max, from chasing the human son. So we had a lot of strategies in place. We had baby gates, and in some cases we had to put a baby gate on top of a baby gate because this dog Max was very athletic and quickly learned that a baby gate was simply a hurdle to jump. We used pens as a way of creating space between the dog and child. We used a system of tethers so that the dog sometimes needed to stay in one place. And we occasionally used a crate so that Max could relax and settle down. And all the while we were working with the five-year-old human to learn about respect and manners and how to treat this dog so that the dog would give this child space. So we were really going all in, working from the child angle, working from the dog training angle, and I was giving a lot of emotional support to my client because she was struggling with feeling like she was a bad mom. And this is a really common experience for families who get dogs who are more challenging than they had expected. They really can struggle with their self-esteem. They question whether or not they've made mistakes. And in this particular case, it was causing a ton of strain on the marriage. So we worked together quite a lot 
where we tried to come up with a variety of strategies that would not only prevent the dog from making a mistake, but also to keep the spouse happy. And at the end of the day, unfortunately, my client decided that in order to save her marriage, she would have to rehome the dog. And this was a conclusion that we both came to through lots of tears and support, tons of discussions back and forth. And she decided that she really had to commit to the human part of the family. And that meant finding a new home for Max. Now she ended up finding the most amazing home. The couple who adopted Max from her came from several states away. They drove down, they had cattle dog experience and Max is living the life. He gets to go camping and gets to swim and hike all the time. And he doesn't have to be contained because there's no human child, young youngster in the home um, that Max is, is sort of prevented from interacting with for safety reasons. So in this particular case, can dog training save your marriage? Well, sort of. I think that my client would have had a much harder time coming to the conclusion that Max might be better off elsewhere and that her marriage would survive better if Max left the family. But we did last a lot longer. She ended up living and training Max for over a year. He turned into quite a remarkable young dog, but even so, it wasn't quite enough to keep her spouse happy. And so at the end of the day, by bringing in a non-biased person like me, where I could offer a lot of emotional support, as well as lay out all of their options, seemed to preserve their marriage at the end of the day. Did it mean they could keep their dog? Unfortunately not. But in some cases, having a dog in a home where everyone is stressed all the time isn't always the best solution. So while this isn't the most cheerful podcast episode, I do just want to encourage you to bring in someone that you trust, someone that you feel safe talking to, who will give you an unbiased opinion about safety, about the dog's welfare, about your welfare as a spouse, your welfare as a parent, and really is willing to discuss the ins and outs of dog ownership with you so that at the end of the day, you can make a good decision that supports your entire family, dog included. I hope you found this episode helpful. And if you have any interest as a parent with dogs in working with someone like me, please feel free to reach out at poochparenting.net. I would be honored to support you in your dog ownership journey. Take care. Bye. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Pooch Parenting Podcast on the podcast app of your choice. For ongoing support, get on the wait list for the Pooch Parenting Society, where I share training tips, activities, and coaching so families with dogs can live in harmony. By signing up, at safekidsanddogs.com, you'll be the first to know when I open registration again for new members.